Hello, and welcome to Enough Wicker, a podcast where we discuss how many go-gans you've seen in your life as we relish in our favorite television show, The Golden Girls. I'm Lauren. And I'm Sarah. And today we're tackling the 34th episode in the series, Joust Between Friends. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> I love this one. Um, also because, well, not only you know do we get the exact same office set again, which I just adore, <laughs> But it's yet another just like fun feud episode. And it reminds me of our real life in which I love surprises and you hate them. <laughs> and there's another connection to us because we met working in a museum. A museum! I know. <laughs> That's true. I was like, oh my gosh, love the museum theme for us. Yeah, it's wonderful. <laughs> um, can I just mention the very beginning of this episode? Not only does it fer- uh, feature the first Dreyfus um, with like you know that dog coming in I don't you know it's like um you know it started starting the menagerie of animals that we're like bringing in here you know we started with the uh the minks but we're, we're only moving up from there <laughs> um but they have another speeding car that like or a car pulling into the driveway but a speeding car this time yeah <laughs> you, know? you I think you mentioned it before about this season and they are flexing that budget, but like only in that way, right? Like, cause they're still reusing the same sets, but like, no, but the thing single... is, it's actually not, that's the idea is like, they're flexing it so hard because this is actually the set house. So like, I, I forget if I mentioned it last time. Thanks. Thanks for uh, keeping me on my toes there. Long time listeners. <laughs> But, uh, you know, for the second season, they actually rebuilt a replica of that house in California that they used the establishing shots for in the first season. So (laughs) people were living in that house the first season. They couldn't exactly, you know, drive all over their driveway, much less speed (laughs) at 30 miles an hour pulling into your driveway. (laughs) So but now it just cracks you up. They're like, well, we got to use this. You know, we can run ragged all over this set, uh, which is great. Um, but also, you know, fun fact, I visited that Golden Girls house when I went down to um, Disney World. They had it at, oh my gosh, what is it? MGM. It used to be on the Backlot Tour and it blew my mind. I was just like on the Backlot Tour at Disney one time and I could not believe that the Golden Girls house was part of it, which was really cool. And then they took it away to build Cars Land or something. Ugh, they actually wrecked it. I know, right? That was really silly. We're going to put that picture up on our Instagram though. So also yeah. the time to follow us. <laughs> well, no, that one, that one is a picture from me at the real house. So I've oh, seen right. both, which I'm really proud of. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. So there's another piece of this episode that I feel like is particularly connected to us, which is the way in which Dorothy and Blanche actually react to the dog. So Rose brings that dog in, right? And I feel like, I feel like I'm Blanche and you're Dorothy, right? Because like, (laughs) Rose is like super enthusiastic about this dog. And like, you know, in a house with roommates, like you really need to have this discussion before the dog is there. So like, let's just get that out there. Um, But so Dorothy, like, hates dogs, like, doesn't want to see it, like, you know, like, really not into it. And Blanche is like, you know, he's cute. And then she's like, mind, mind, of course course I mind. mind. You can't keep that filthy beast in my house, which is, like, kind of how I feel about that. (laughs) Like, it's, like, a different degree. You're, like, love everyone else's dogs, but not yours in the the house. Yeah. I mean, as of right now, but who knows? (laughs) Who knows what will happen in your life? You might not have say. Michelle might be a rose, huh? I think Um. so. She is. I mean... (laughs) Are you kidding me? Every Instagram direct message I get from her is another dog. <laughs> <laughs> so it's perfect. <laughs> well, yeah. So my partner Dennis is like me, or at least 
uh, like me and Dorothy in the very beginning of this episode. So I got I got really excited because you know I might this this might lose us some listeners here, but I'm not a dog fan, I'm, and I'm not a dog fan like in the way that I'm a cat fan. Like I'm not a fan of cats either. <laughs> I'm very, yeah. <laughs> I'm very allergic to both of these animals. I'm just I'm just not into them. That's all it is. So it's funny. Dorothy says she hates dogs. Of course, later in the episode, it transitions into this sappy story where I'm like, oh man, I lose you. Yeah. Uh, because it's because she loved them too much, <laughs> you know, or something <laughs> funny like that. Which of course had to be redeemable because again, you know, you can't have something as controversial as a character who hates dogs on in the 1980s. Um, but it is funny when Rose says nobody hates dogs. I'm like, oh, sorry, I bet to differ. So. Yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> but actually, totally. mostly, mostly what I hate is what you mentioned, which is that when people just assume that everyone's in love with them as you are, uh, Rose. So <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yeah, I do hate that, and I also feel like there's a weird like pressure whenever. I mean, it, it doesn't come up so often um, now, but I used to live in an elevator building, and philadelphia and i feel like anytime i was in the elevator with someone who had a dog there's like a weird like social contract that i should be like ooing and eyeing over the dog or like, trying to pet it it's like i don't want to touch a fucking dog dude. like <laughs> it's true it's true like everybody expects that i used to live in portland oregon and i can't believe oh, God, i didn't get yeah. kicked out of the town for <laughs> for not fawning over everyone's dogs yeah even though there were plenty of fans afoot so yeah exactly they but, yeah. N- nobody's worried about like the fandom of dogs or cats like they're doing fine yes i have a cat and she's great she exactly. leaves me alone she's like low maintenance <laughs> it's perfect she's like coco they're fine Love her. she's Everyone's great. doing great yes exactly <laughs> um but yeah so that part also was a fun connection to us and then okay so i want to go off on a little historical tangent right now because mm. so dorothy is looking for a job because she's like on break from school during this um like year-long experimental school system yeah so i looked that up and it really was a thing that happened a lot in the 80s and in, in major cities yeah so la tried it denver tried it um and it, so it makes sense that like miami would have been you know in in one of these like experimental um almost like trimester type of deals. I don't know. It was a weird scheduling, but parents hated it because they were like, there's no summer break and businesses who like, you know, thrive on vacations were like, this is not working. So, um, it didn't last for very long, but it wasn't a totally made up thing. Like in two episodes, when we get to the Christmas episode, where like everything is completely fabricated and made up. So (laughs) we're, um, so it was real. Interesting. Okay. Well, it's funny because, yeah, Dorothy has, this is this mandatory break for her and she needs to pick up work because as we've talked about before, you know, they're not exactly flush um, with, (laughs) with cash. So, you know, Blanche says, hey, come." she says something along the lines of like, I've offered this before and you haven't taken me up on it. It's kind of interesting. Like it almost starts in the middle of this pitch of like, how come you won't work for me? Like, it's really interesting. Um. (laughs) And also it's like, it's very unclear what Blanche's job is at the museum. Even now, like we just like, we get pieces of her job that she always plans the banquet. But but like, what else do you do? I'm not exactly sure. Um, Because the guy you work for is a douche. Yeah, I wrote, uh, Mr. Allen is kind of a loser. Like, and it's crazy because they're all like, so not like, it's not, it's not like romantically enamored, but they're both very like, they have a real respect for him, it seems, which is like, 
doesn't demand it like i don't understand i mean i have i have a note you know i made a note it was like he's a stupid adulterous old white man who doesn't deserve to be in the position he's in (laughs) yeah that's i mean yeah all the president yeah it really yeah did rub me the wrong way that they had this sort of like respect for someone in charge just because they're in charge like it's a very familiar scene that plays out where it's like oh here are the women behind the scenes doing all of the work and he's going what oh i was in my shorts i was banging my friend's wife yeah you know and it's like it's kind of a funny scene where the twist comes that it turns out he's the adulterer but at the same time you're just like oh man and then he's such a weirdo rightly so in front of sophia and i feel like it's like big daddy all over again like when you know big daddy's like oh i always thought the beauty of an italian woman and she's like (laughs) why you need boost to listen to this guy like what the hell is this and she does the exact same thing first of all he's like what are you a pervert with the gogan and then like he's acting so weird he's putting on this very weird facade it's 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 very bizarre scene that was so weird. The Gauguin spine is so funny. First of all, like, she just, like, lo- and you know what? Like, we don't really see Sophia get mad too often. And, like, obviously she's not, you know, angry. But she does kind of, like, flip out in a way. She's like, what are you, a pervert? Yeah, and it's, exactly. it, she never reacts like that. You know, like, she's like even with Big Daddy, she's just, like, very calm in her cutting remarks. Which, like, you know, it makes it so funny. But... This is, it's fun because it's a different way that she comes down on him, which is amazing. He's, he is a loser. <laughs> totally. Exactly. She just says she has that perfect, like, she can feel people out immediately and they speaks to them in the way they deserve. <laughs> Sophia, this is another one because, you know, the two A and B stories are Dorothy and Blanche sort of like, you know, figuring out how to work together. And then there's the whole surprise party, which we'll get into. And the B story is Rose and the dog. So this is another <laughs> instance of Sophia being peppered through here when, and she's, used amazing it's perfect the way that she comes in and out because so she has that the funny interactions with mr allen but she also has like a really cute and like funny relationship with the dog when she's like giving it sherry and she like does (laughs) seem to like you know she seems to like the dog at least more than dorothy does yeah um we both threw up a little yeah (laughs) it's very cute like they're just like hanging out and also that's i feel like sophia and blanche are the way that i feel about dogs like it's a perfect picture of like yes i like them they're you know it's fine i would love to like hang out with him in the park but like but sophie is also very clear that like she doesn't want any of the responsibility <laughs> oh, of course of course also and actually full yeah also you also full confessional for me i think the, the place where i tolerate dogs the most is as a companionship for old people oh <laughs> so, yeah that makes sense. so the fact that like you know uh they're drinking sherry together and taking naps is actually pretty awesome <laughs> so cute it is cute but you're right Sophia's not directly involved in either of them and she sort of just drifts back and forth just for the humor as well as to like sort of you know again in this whole like she's caught between this feud between Dorothy and Blanche right like it's it's the triangle all over again um where you know it's it's kind of a little bit different because it's a work type of scenario uh, but it's also a similar like one little thing I'm moving out but (laughs) with work you know like Blanche is gonna quit over this like come on right your established job that you've had for a really long like Dorothy's getting some attention and you're gonna you're gonna quit your job it is so I'm moving out like it's exactly on that but it's again like we talked about this before where you know when even in the triangle like 
you know, Dorothy says some horrible things about Blanche being flirtatious and a slut and all this other stuff. And, you know, they apologize, but those issues are still there. There's always a jealousy from Dorothy's perspective for Blanche's attention, but also Blanche towards Dorothy's perspective for being like competent and in charge, you know, mm-hmm. and, and just being have, having that that type of sort of poise and grace in her life in certain situations that Blanche doesn't have. And this is this is why I love the show, because it's such a realistic thing where of course the issues with people you're close with, friends, roommates, partners, whoever, you know, it's gonna be the same types of themes that come up again and again, right? And they might have different twists and turns in different scenarios, but this is essentially the same type of, you know, base of distrust or disbelief as well as attention, as we saw in the triangle. It's just applied in a work scenario. Yeah, no, that totally makes sense. And I, I think that um, the, you said something that was really interesting about I always say something that's really interesting. Yeah, that's true. I should be more specific. <laughs> um, um, Blanche's insecurities, it's, it's a really, it's a nod to the writing and I think the character development is that that piece of her insecurity that like she's not Dorothy and she's not as, maybe comfortable with who she is or, or, you know, like it's a very specific piece, but that lasts the whole time through the rusty anchor episode. I feel like it's the exact same thing, you know, and exact same thing. And it's the same idea. Like you're, you're right. The rusty anchor is just, is a, um, you know, Blanche does something. Dorothy comes in and does it better. Right. Or differently that gets different types of attention. It's the same thing. You're right. Which also makes sense considering their backgrounds right like Blanche is super wealthy and never really had to do anything to get by and Dorothy's like a real hustler and so like when she's good at something she's really good at it so that makes total sense I think oh I didn't even think of that either that makes a lot of sense because yeah the way that Blanche is acting towards her museum job and she even says it at the end of the episode you know she's just like I'm I'm sitting here thinking like no one can do what I do when you come in and learn it in a week you know, yeah. and, it's, and it's one of those things where Dorothy, of course, is going to try her hardest to impress. And, you know, because she's she's grateful to have this job. She says it, too. She's really happy that, you know, she can fill this gap in her income <laughs> that, right. that's being demanded of her from the Miami school system. Uh, <laughs> it, you know, it's it's interesting because, that, yeah, Blanche takes it totally for granted, but also flippantly says she's quitting anyway. So it's not like she's really particularly concerned. Right. Um, exactly. But yeah. I think I think also just the idea, even beyond these two characters, the idea of work competition, it, you know, I mean, there's always I think we've all sort of been in somewhat of a sort of competitive scenario with like a coworker, but it is it is going to be super weird if it's your best friend, you know, like it's I, I feel like it would actually come up in ways that you didn't anticipate. I think you would logically say, oh, we're working together. This is going to be bizarre if you didn't have the work relationship. I mean, I'm sorry, if you didn't have the friendship before the work relationship, um, that's different. But if you have, you know, coming in as friends, I think you would logically be like, oh, this might be a little weird. The same thing where, where people say like, oh, we're going to borrow money between friends. Nothing will happen. And it always just <laughs> some kind of wrinkle of complication comes up. Always. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think also like Dorothy's resistance to taking the job with Blanche makes total sense. Like, I think, like you said, if you're really close with someone, especially also if you live with them and you're working with them, that's a lot. Yeah, like, that's a real lot. So basically, we've, you know, alluded to this, but Dorothy really does thrive at this museum job. Um, 
and Blanche, you know, yeah, starts I want to get jealous. Her. Yeah, exactly. Blanche starts to get jealous from the beginning, and then it just gets worse and worse. And like, I love the way that Blanche tells Dorothy that she's mad because it's not like a calm, you know, it's not like any way you should. Blanche is like, I can't sleep. And Dorothy's like, oh, what's wrong? She's like, I guess it's because of the knife in my back. (laughs) The first time that Dorothy's hearing of it, which like, you know, obviously she probably has picked up on the tension that you can always sort of tell when someone's mad. But I love that that's how Blanche is telling her that she's mad (laughs) exactly but dorothy's also direct right she's like i'm not gonna just like fall for this bait you're throwing out there scarlet o'hara like i want you to (laughs) say to my face what you're pissed about (laughs) yeah because it's dumb and she knows that blanche will hear it and be like oh man like you know and then we've talked about this a couple other times where like the emotion just gets the best of you and then you get frustrated that you are realizing that maybe you're wrong and and it just becomes this cycle where you can't admit it because that would be you know, too, too painful. Yeah, exactly. Too vulnerable. Yeah. And again, this goes all the time. It goes back to, you know, the Rusty Anchor episode. It's this exact same thing. Or even previously when we were talking about Magenta, right? Mm -hmm. It's like a lot of complicated feelings come up. I also do love that in the middle of this drama, they actually reconcile and then they have the betrayal of trust secrecy, you know, thing immediately after, but immediately after where she's like, they're talking, you know, she's like, oh my gosh, I feel like an idiot. I'm so sorry. And then they blow kisses across to their desks <laughs> from each other, you know, to each other rather. And immediately after they're like, oh, what do you want to do for lunch? You know, and it, Mr. Allen hands Dorothy this piece of paper, which of course is about the secret. And she's just like, what was, what was on that paper? And she's like, oh, nothing, you know. And Dorothy's distracting and she's like, hey, you know what? Let's get lunch now. Let's get pizza. And she's like, it's 9.15 in the morning. I don't want a pizza. What was on that paper? <laughs> so good and so relatable because you love surprises i do not i don't like them i don't like to be around them i don't like to have them (laughs) i don't like to plan them i don't like anything i'd like to i'd like to bring up two just because this episode centers around surprise and i'd love to bring up two anecdotes about your distaste for surprises and my love of them one is when we were working together at the museum um (laughs) you were very excited because you were you were trying to tell me you're like hey i'm gonna surprise some friends in boston i'm gonna go up uh on a bus and you know it's a whole group of friends my old friends in there I'm, i'm gonna i'm gonna do it and then like you know you're like i'm gonna do it this weekend it's like a monday then every day you came into my office and say like well, I just texted my one friend because, you know, I have to tell her because I have to stay there. Like, well, I texted my other friend because, like, she's a roommate, you know, with the other friend. Well, yeah, I, I, told, I told my other friend that I'm coming because I was talking her on the phone, you know, and I was like, wait, what, how, what are you doing? Like, who are you keeping the secret from? And you kept a secret from absolutely everyone you were going to see in Boston, save for one person. And then you called them when you got off the bus. <laughs> That's <laughs> you just all couldn't true. take it. <laughs> and then my other fun anecdote in your way of being respectful to my taste for surprises is that we were all karaokeing one day for my birthday a couple of years ago and in you know the the beer soaked <laughs> haze of karaoke I was off singing somewhere and somehow you talked to my boyfriend at the time Dennis who was he's he's a poker face he has no poker face so he you you ask him a question he's gonna be true to it uh true to it and i think you or one of our other friends said hey are you like you're acting kind of weird like are you gonna propose and (laughs) he said yes basically or maybe not even in so many words but you figured it out you immediately got your tab and left you completely (laughs) irish exited 
And I was like, where did Lauren go? Everybody's like, well, I don't know. And you did it because you knew you could not contain that secret from Very true. <laughs> I mean, that was a recipe for disaster. I had a huge secret. I kind of thought it might be right. I had it confirmed and I was drinking. I was like, no, nope, <laughs> I this is too much. I must go. <laughs> so, so I really appreciate that about you. But yes, yeah, of course, back to the scene, you know, Dorothy is really excited. And again, you know, Blanche is acting crazy. And Dor- Dorothy has nothing to, you know, apologize for. But she's like, I'm very glad we're on good terms again. <laughs> no yeah. knives and backs. And immediately, though, she's like, shit. And <laughs> of course, it's, this happened. Right it's here. so relatable because those two, those two stories were like fun surprises that I, you know, like. But if I were Blanche and I was like obsessive over what the secret was, like it's a, yeah. it's a weird sort of like very specific anxiety about I I feel like it's something you know obviously Blanche doesn't think she's gonna get fired but there's something that she doesn't know about her job that Dorothy does and that Dorothy won't tell her so that means that it's something she's not supposed to know so I totally get the sort of um the uh, inability to let it go when you see another thing you don't know about absolutely and again because she had domain over like this was her domain exclusively before Dorothy came you know on board and what what else could it be other than what it is (laughs) Yeah, except for you sort of losing some of the responsibility that you used to have you know what I mean yeah oh and speaking of when when not really responsibility but this whole Mr. Allen sucks fighting over his attention thing she goes I'm the one he always gropes at the office Christmas party like what the fuck guys come on you know know. yeah I was really I was really bummed about that line but um anyway yeah (laughs) he really really sucks he sucks (laughs) um but her her flip out is really funny she's like I demand you show me that paper and she like turns into this like I don't know, authoritative, I don't know, nobody's buying it. And Dorothy's like, I'm not going to do that, whatever. And, and you know, Dorothy the whole time, every single time Blanche brings this up, she remains really calm because she knows. Yeah. She knows dumb. there's nothing bad. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and then so Blanche loses her temper again and tells, uh, which is a very, <laughs> another memeable moment that I feel like the internet has grasped onto is when Blanche oh, yeah. tells Dorothy to eat dirt and die trash. <laughs> Absolutely. I actually was um it it was surprising to me that that was from this episode I didn't remember that it was attached to this one yeah um so that's big one but then so you know that sort of puts Sophia over the edge which also is relatable like if somebody is berating someone you love in a way that is so unnecessary and and your child right exactly yeah um, now that you feel like the trash you wanted my daughter to eat. <laughs> I love that. Ma, I told you it was a secret. Your secret, not mine. I'm going to go have a nice hard candy. <laughs> you also like can't. It's like such a, se- a simple thing. You can't argue with that, lo- that logic. You know, It's your secret. It's not my secret. It's fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying it out. Um, it also related to the Blanche uh, sort of storm out <laughs> and angry part. I just, I do love after she pushes the elevator button, she turns around, Dorothy's still looking at her, and then she sort of, like, walks off in a huff, because it's, like, it really is that awkward. I think, like, Jerry Seinfeld used to have a bit when, like, phones stopped being, uh, the portable phones came out, where he was like, man, you can't really slam the receiver, you gotta, like, push the button. And it's not, like, a good huff. It is always really funny. It's, like, it's, like, a bigger version of when you, like, Say like, all right, goodbye, goodbye. Which way are you walking? Oh, we're walking the same way. And you're yeah. Like, ah, shit. <laughs> there's not, there's not a good closure there, but it is, it is very funny. I don't know where Blanche went. I doubt she used the stairs, but we'll, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. So, so there, you know, like 
basically once Sophia makes the reveal, Blanche is kind of like tail between her legs. Uh, you know, she's like pretty embarrassed, I think. And um, but it gets resolved really quickly because they reveal that the banquet's in her honor, yada yada, which is also so weird. Like she's his assistant. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> Um, Again, what is your job? What are you getting awarded for? This does remind me of work surprise parties, which are like the worst, my least favorite type of surprise. I'll never forget what working at the museum <laughs> that we worked at. Um, a coworker who I really liked called me. We were like friendly and she called me. She was like, hey, can you come to this meeting at 3 p.m. with the museum president? I was like... <laughs> Sure, it's my birthday today, so I'm supposed to believe that the president of the museum, who's never <laughs> spoken to me in my life, wants to have a meeting with me. First of all, like, even if I was getting fired, she wouldn't be the one to fire me. And I was like, well, I haven't been embezzling, so this must be a surprise party. Like, it's just so far fetched. Um, but I appreciate the effort. So, well, Thank talk you, about Kelly. a person. <laughs> talk about a person who needs a lesson in surprises. Maybe I should do that as a side business. <laughs> yeah, for real. Oh, jeez. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, I do, I do really like how this resolves. Again, I love how thematically it is still tying that same Blanche and Dorothy thread. And I, I really love how the writers work with both of those characters and how they treat each other. Cause they really are, they're from such different worlds, as you mentioned, in terms of upbringing. And it's, it, unless it's a scenario like this, they probably would not have sort of either become friends or even just been in the same circles so there's gonna be tension there's gonna be tension about the way that they operate yeah totally and yeah so that resolves really nicely and then um the dog story actually is is very cute i think the ending (laughs) is really adorable when they like you know they found the owner and then rose comes in with all like a hundred dogs which is like too much but cute i feel like that's the writers making up for the ming story that they all hated like (laughs) they had to be like we need an animal rescue episode Yeah, like Betty White and uh, B. Arthur especially were like, can you just bring like a ton of cute dogs on yeah. the set? Like, yeah, let's <laughs> you just work us. it around. Yeah, exactly. You owe us, man. Actually, the, um, it, you know, B. Arthur, again, is like, has another monologue with an animal like she does with the the, mo- the mouse. You oh, have yeah. the gift. Um, <laughs> it's just pretty funny. But she does a great job of, of being sad when the dog actually, you know, when, when Rose says that, you know, they found the owner, etc. Yeah. I, th- I think actually that's really a good bit of acting and it makes me, it makes my like dog disliking heart twinge a little, you know. Yeah, see, we'll, we'll get you yet. <laughs> You'll get, exactly, exactly. I will um, say another part of that, this whole like dog story that I actually really do think is impressive is when the dog jumps on Rose's chest. Like that is a that is a great dog trick. That dog is really really big <laughs> to yeah. pick up and very heavy, but it jumps high up. She like pats up near her shoulders and it jumps up into her arms. I thought it was pretty good. I was like, good job, dog trainer, whoever did that. Yeah, <laughs> and even in spite of like the different levels of people who like dogs, like I think that it's pretty impossible not to be moved by Rose and you know like indirectly betty white's relationship with animals through this series like it's so it honestly like it feels very very natural which it is as we know because of the background story but uh, because of the background on betty white but it's really adorable and i feel like she genuinely like radiates you know being happy that there's a dog in the house and and i think that that's a it's acting for sure but i think it's easily easier to do when it's when who you are yeah exactly exactly yeah if Betty White was like me she probably could really cover for it but it is genuine so yeah it makes it that much more warm so um just before we wrap just a few other hilarious lines and just little notes that I wrote down um the 
<laughs> the whole the piece in the beginning i don't actually even know who this is or what this reference is at all um where sophia goes naomi birch used to talk to woodpeckers you know <laughs> thousand votes a day stop that who is yes naomi birch? Do you i know, know who yes i was i wrote i couldn't my- even google it is that a shock therapy joke? <laughs> it absolutely is a shock therapy joke, but also like a, you know, like insane asylum joke. It's very bizarre, yeah. but I couldn't figure out who Naomi Birch was. So anyway, uh, any listeners out there who want to clue us in, let me know. <laughs> but uh, the other thing is we also see Sophia eating graham crackers again, much like like the repeats of like, all right, well, we're going to have a car drive into the driveway all the time now. <laughs> Woo! And like, we're going to reuse these pairs of earrings and all this other stuff. I feel like they just have like a thing of graham crackers. And that is like Sophia's meal for like the next three seasons <laughs> or like snack. <laughs> it's fantastic. And um, the other line, of course, is uh, she's like, the only thing I know about at museums is that you shouldn't eat the veal in the cafeteria. And I was like, you know what? That was pretty true about our museum, too. Veal? Oh, my God. They couldn't even spell pretzel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Okay. Um, yeah, and there's one other piece. Is, I think they're playing – I think it's Dorothy and um, Sophia are playing gin at the end, which is yeah. a nice callback. And Sophia says, um, you know, it's no fun if you don't get mad. And that is exactly how Michelle is with games. Because, like, <laughs> I do like to win, but I don't really care. And, like, she – if I'm not, like – partaking in the trash talk it, it like lessens the experience somehow for her i don't know but that it was it was very <laughs> funny i was like oh my god it's you <laughs> it's you that's amazing all right we ready to wrap up yeah well join us next time when we're gonna discuss what the hell a smudge pot is <laughs> bye-bye